name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year's. Everybody online, happy New Year's to you as well. Um, I'm Father Sean McCain Chires, and uh, if, if you're the first time you're here visiting, I'm so glad that you're with us. Um, you may have noticed throughout this last year, um, especially since last Christmas, I have been introducing myself this way. Some of you who've known me longer have maybe wondered, like, what's with the deal of the extra last name, Tiras? Um, it's my mother's maiden name. And last Christmas, my parents, they gave it to me as a blessing to fill out the whole picture of my story and identity. They're here, so this makes it even more important and significant that we're sharing this. I've been waiting to find a moment to share it. Today's a great time to share it. This uh, part of my, my uh, this, this name that my parents have given me have granted for me, in a way, access to the whole of my heritage, the story of my family, where we've come from, who we are, what kind of people we are. Not only the white West Texan side of me, but the mestizo, the Latino side of me as well. And names can do this kind of thing, can't they? You have a name, tells a story. You have maybe multiple names. Most of us have right, multiple names. Mexicans especially have lots and lots of names. We pride ourselves in this. Names carry with it power. It, it carries with it story. It carries with it heartache even sometimes, difficulty. And with all of the names that we have, whether they're our full names or our nicknames or even our online names, they, they reflect or sort of reveal something about who we are. They try to, right? That's what these names do. Names are how we find people, how we speak to people. We use them every day, how we identify with families. Names can insult or show affection. Think of names. We use them all the time, but we don't think about the power of names. This morning, the whole church celebrates the holy name of Jesus. And what God, that that name reveals and reflects to us. What that name has to do with us. The identity, the power, the story of that people of God. That's what we're going to be reflecting on this morning. Um, to, to, to start, do you remember when Moses first came in contact with God and the whole name thing happened, right? And he said, well, who are you? Who am I supposed to go and tell my people who you are? And instead of sort of being simple about it, God gave him the, the sort of most existential mystery for an answer. I am who I am. Do you remember this? And not too long after that, the holy name is used to invoke blessing upon God's people. In Numbers, we read this morning, and maybe you're very familiar with this blessing. You've heard it before. It goes like this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Listen again. The, the Lord, in every sentence, right? The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. We've all, many of us have heard this. But notice uh, God's name in the very next verse that we don't often, often attach to this blessing when we use it. In verse 27 it says, God says, So they shall put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. It's kind of an odd thing, right, to add. And so I shall put my name on the Israelites and will bless them. God putting his name on something, especially on a people, and especially in this case, three times we hear the Lord doing something, right? Blessing his people is a way of God expressing ownership of an action, of a people, of an identity. 
and the blessing that he alone would carry out. This is so critical. A blessing that God alone would carry out. It's not a blessing that would come to them from their accomplishments, friends, or their failures. And Israel would have plenty of those. It's not uh, something that they could make a name for themselves and sort of acquire this divine blessing either, right? Really, there is nothing within their grasp, within our grasp, that could gain for ourselves, sort of grasp or get God's blessing in our own power. It is something that God gives himself and stamps with his very own name. This will be a people, in other words, that will be blessed by God's name forever. So God's name blesses, has the power to bless. God's name also carries glory. This may be a sort of a mind stretch of a concept to imagine, but there is a, a glory, a brightness, a majesty, a bigness about God's name. He's kind of a big deal, you could say. Beyond our comprehension, though, the psalmist attempts to describe uh, the greatness of God's name, his glory, but uh, like we prayed this morning, but those words will always fall short. And when you put this, the glory of God's name, alongside our reading from Philippians. Did you hear that? The reading from Philippians. One of my favorite in scripture. It describes this great and glorious name, paradoxically, being placed side by side. The same God who is humbled. Glory beyond comprehension. Humility beyond comprehension. Who is this God? What do we call him? What's his name? What kind of God has a name like this, so great, whose glory is above the heavens, and yet whose love leads him to empty himself, to become a servant of people like us, out of love? Who is this God? What is his name? We find it given by angels, actually, in the gospel. This God full of mystery, Glory beyond comprehension, wrapped in a manger. A child, fully divine, fully human, given the name that means God saves. Jesus. That's the name we reflect on this morning. This holy name of God. And it's more than something that we need to avoid using in cuss words. Uh, right? It's, it's, it's kind of silly even to say that, but you're more likely to hear Jesus' name used in profanity than in a sermon, it's, right, for most people? Unfortunately. But when we step back and take inventory of whose name this really is and what this name really means, we see that this name of God is precious. It is holy. It is the power of heaven in human language. The real presence of God with us in real human form. Yes, God's name has been misused. It's been draped over money, fame. People have taken power in God's name and use it in God's name. Violence has been condoned in God's name. White supremacy, governments and their authority have utilized God's name to do things that God himself would never bless or do. This is what it means To take God's name in vain. To invoke his name and to live in a way that he would not. To do something that is not like the one we find in a manger. 
It's a perversion of one of the most holy things in our human language. And it attempts to get God to do our bidding. It reverses the order of things. We use his name for our purposes to bless our sinful ways. Unfortunately, that is, that is so indicative of how things have gone. But friends, the good news is God has not given his name to these powers, to these purposes. He has given his name to those he's coming to serve. The meek, the poor, the humble, the suffering, the broken, the lowly. Those who realize their need for God's loving presence and his rescuing power. God gives his name to them. His name is on the lowly. It's in their hearts. It's in their prayers. And it carries with it the blessing and the glory of God. This is why when we see God most glorified is when he is crucified among thieves. We find the presence of this glorified God among the poor and with children. This is the kind of God whose name we have been given that stamps even their lives. It's the story of a God who is with the least and saves. This is that God. Even in the midst of real life trouble and harm and problems and disasters, we find a God who is present and at work rescuing those he loves. For example, God's name was used on March 23rd, 1980 by one of my heroes, St. Oscar Romero, who was preaching against the Salvadoran government of the, the harm that they were doing, especially to the poor. And he said over his sermon, which is also broadcast on the radio, I order you in the name of God, stop the repression. And the church erupted in applause and worship of that name. While the authorities listening on the radio ordered his death the very next day. The holy name of God has this kind of power to intimidate evil powers. To undermine even the greatest stockpile of weapons or force or violence. Because this name, unlike any other name, means deliverance. God saves. It doesn't wish for. It declares the way that things are now that God has made his home among us. As one of us, it declares that this is the God who saves, who redeems, who liberates, who rescues. This is the God who brings life, who brings love, who brings glory to those at the bottom of things. Those that are suffering, those who need mercy. And friends, the good news is that in baptism you are marked with the very same name. Did you know this? You may not know that you have your name, Think of your, pull up your name in your head. Add beloved of Jesus to your name. Add child of God. Marked as Christ's own forever, as we say in baptism. Do you know that you have this name? And at this table, we're marked again. In our hearts and in our souls and in our bodies, we are marked again with the name that God rescues me. A name that has been given to all of us in Jesus that tells our full story. You think you know your story, but if you're telling it without the story of the God who saves in your life, it's not really the full story. The story of forgiveness, of mending brokenness, the story of God's favor, his blessing, his love, 
his pure joy over you. You don't have to make a name for yourself. You wouldn't be able to make a name for yourself to receive this kind of blessing, this kind of goodness, this kind of love. The good news is that God has found you and has marked you with his name, the name above all names, a name that can be upon your lips to call out, to cry out to in trouble, in pain, a name to praise and to worship. That's why we're here. His name is worthy of being lifted up and glorified and praised by his people. And a name that now belongs to you as his own beloved family. This is who you are, friends. His name identifies us, listen to me, his name identifies us in the most deep and eternal ways. In ways that no other name could ever identify you. God knows who you are. And he's given you his name. Friends, the holy name of Jesus isn't given to us like some sort of lucky charm to get God to do something for us when we call out upon his name. It is given to us because God has already acted upon us. God has already acted on our lives by his son Jesus for our good. And now God's holy name is set upon us, telling the story of our own death and resurrection, our own belonging in a holy family, our own comfort and true hope, Unlike any other hope on the planet, his name is given to us for prayer that we could cry out to him again and again and again and say, Abba, Father, my own. And to hear his response to us as well, beloved, my child. So what a way to start a new year. Not with a list of things that you think you're going to be able to knock out and accomplish. Do that. That's great. Go to the gym or whatever. I don't know what your thing is. Do it for sure. But actually, even a better starting place for our new year is to know that we begin already in the blessing and in the favor of God. And already before we've even taken a step into the new year, God has already acted upon our lives in the most important way that our lives need. Already in his son Jesus and by the power of the Spirit. This is the God whose holy name marks each and every one of us. The God who lives and reigns now and forever. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's take a moment of silence and invite the Holy Spirit to speak that name upon our lives. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.